With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. is knowledge is that what you said wisdom Wisdom. knowledge prophecy and leadership would be my top four so you've studied the bible because that's my degree you in biblical studies which and that is such a resource that you have and you studied it and it also you've Mm -hmm. studied your heart within the bible so it's not like you have let me quote this to you and tell you what this is which i feel like some of us get so turned off from church totally yeah me being number one person to get get turned off from church because i'm like you're just telling me something in a rule, but mm-hmm. there's no real... Especially if you're coming to church with this same cycle of, great, another place where I have to measure up and prove myself. And I just got to do it. I just got to figure out how to do this because yeah. I got to be, I got to do it right and I've got to be accepted. Yes. So let me just follow the rules that the church is telling me so I can be accepted. And then I'll go to God because all I got to do is just follow these rules. Mm-hmm. But it's not resonating with me. I don't feel connected. I don't feel in line but they all told me I had to do this. And mm-hmm. these are the people I'm looking up to. Yeah. And, and they're the ones holding the key to the gates. So totally. I got to follow, follow the orders. That's the classic message of religion. And, and that's why I kind of like strayed away from religion for a long time, because I was like, I, I, I just don't, I didn't have the strength, the personal mm-hmm. strength. Cause I didn't have the worth to like yeah. ex- understand why I felt this way. So I just sort of left for a while. And I always had a relationship with God, but like, I was like, religion is really not for me. Yeah. There's a difference. It's like, I always joke that I feel like I came out of the womb. Like I was probably like worshiping in the womb. Like, yeah. You know. um, and came, I think my first day in church was like on day seven of my life. You know, like my dad's always worked in church and my mom and, you know, my mom is a teacher and um, early on in my life, there was this, this unshakable. Like I always believed that God existed, but he didn't, Jesus didn't become my savior until I was seven. When I like consciously understood 
the gospel message and, you know, got baptized and accepted him into my heart. But he didn't become my Lord until I broke up with that boyfriend who gave me the list. (laughs) After four years. Yeah. Um, It wasn't until I was like nearing that 18 year old mark where the reality of like, wait, way that I'm living and what I know that I believe is not the same. These things are not in alignment. There's something off. And the character that I know of you, you're good. When I read your word, I see you've created me intentionally. You've breathed purpose and joy and you delight in me. But what I'm carrying is this pressure of performance in church or pressure to perform for this boyfriend or measure up to this standard or that standard. And when Jesus became my Lord, it's not this like, oh my gosh, you know, now it's just like I bow before thee and everything just, you know, like we we're, we have all of these, these words, even the word Lord comes with the whole framework of our, our lives, our experience, our worldview that can shape even the way that you hear that word in a tone. But for me, when I hear the word Lord, it's this like, it's like when you fall in love with someone who just loves you and wants the best for you. And it's so easy to submit underneath that person because they delight in you and you delight in them. And it's the, it's easy to say, yes, and I trust you and I love you. For certain people, it takes a journey of healing to be able to see God for who he is rather than what other people have perceived him to be and or have portrayed you, you to be. Yeah, but when you know him, and this is the this is something that I have to ask, especially here in Nashville, is you never ask people like, so do you believe in God? You know, everyone's like, yeah, I like live in Brentwood. <laughs> we got like, I remember the first time that it's I came church here. Church in every corner. We're like, yeah, I live in, I grew up in Northern Nevada, where in Nevada, prostitution is legal and gambling is legal. And what is that like to live with that all being legal? Oh, yeah, it's crazy. I mean. We have one of the highest teen suicides rates and teen pregnancy rates and everything in the area where I was. And the church to population of people ratio was very low. Um, so when I came here and there's a church on every single corner. So church is not a big thing in Nevada. No. Nevada. No, no, no. Nevada, yeah, Nevada. Nevada. I mean, Tomato, if you're from tomato. Nevada, you say Nevada. Okay, but well, everywhere else Nevada. says Nevada. I think it's actually phonetically correct to say Nevada. But like <laughs> Nevada, I, whatever. <laughs> I, I receive either one. <laughs> I came here and I thought... Oh, wow. This is so interesting. I think it's what's drawing a lot of people to this area now is that they're they're like desiring this hope as an anchor of something that's a core value that's meaningful, that's built into the framework of society. You see people moving here every second, you know, from all over the country. But for me, I remember looking at it and thinking, this is so strange because I don't know if they actually realize the reality of what it means to have an encounter with God that changes you, that moves it from relationship or routine or ritual into a deep-rooted, intimate relationship with a God who loves them. Not just rule, not just regulation, but intimacy. Do you feel like you have to go through something painful to get there? Because I feel like a lot of times to get to that place, something kind of has to like fall apart. For me, at least, it has. Mm Mm-hmm. It might be for certain people and for others, it, I think it actually just depends on your framework. Mm. You know, if you need mercy, God will meet you with mercy. If you need knowledge, he'll meet you with knowledge. Like, you know, it's, he's going to 
reveal the truth of who he is to you in the way that in you the can way that it. you can receive it. It's just the goodness of God. He created you. He knows what you need. So if your life has been marked by pain and shame and you're needing tending, then it'll probably come through healing and care and kindness. It actually says in the Bible that it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. So however that kindness shows up for one friend, it might be, you know, this logical understanding for another friend, it might be this emotional care for another, it might be, you know, the presence of a person who loved them or, but no matter what he will and can reveal himself, he's doing it to you in your life right now. He did. He does it for me every day. He's doing it in the stick in the pot with the, you know, with the leaves at the top. He's, if our eyes are open for him, he's faithful to reveal himself. And when he enters the story, then worth is anchored and established in him. So when my body changes and when my finances change and when my business changes and all these other things, there's this place that I can come back to that is a sure foundation that cannot be rocked. There is a moment when I had my daughter, I was shortly after I had my daughter, she's five now. And, um, my business had this season where like the bottom just kind of like fell out from underneath it. And I was kind of scrambling like, Oh my gosh, how are we going to pay our bills? And of course, right at the same time you have your daughter. Exactly. It always always ends up happening. (laughs) And a friend from college that I had not talked to for a very long time was like, Hey, I listened to this podcast and I got to send it to you, which it's funny. God's always brought podcasts, which is the reason why I'm like, I got to start a podcast because maybe somebody will like send a podcast. You you know, like these, this was a like life altering moment for me. I've never talked to this woman. I don't know this woman. I don't even remember her name. I just remember what she said, which is just another validation for you that the work you're doing matters. But all alone in my kitchen, I'm cooking. And it's this woman who had built her entire life on communicating. She was an author and speaker and she got tongue cancer tongue cancer of all things right her whole life has been built on her ability to communicate and speak when you're listening to her on this podcast she it's hard to understand her because she's had to relearn how to communicate without a tongue she doesn't have a tongue no she had to have it removed because of the cancer and she the the platform of suffering always ends up giving you like a you want to sit on the edge of your seat like what's this girl got to say? Like she could say anything. And I'm, I'm listening a little bit more intently because of the suffering that she's endured. And what she said was so profound. She said, if you can lose it, then it's not who you are. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that breaks me that. right. It's like, it's the, if it's you the, can lose it, then it's not who you are. If you can lose it, it's not who you are. Think of anything. Well, we can lose everything except God. Yeah. And the soul that he has, Given us. Given us. Our own blueprint. Yeah. It's what I will exit this life and enter into the next life with is the soul that God and I have grown together. It's what he, and it's what I'll bring with me. The house, it'll stay. My family, it'll stay. My business, it'll stay. My ability, my impact, my legacy here on earth, that'll stay here. What I carry with me, and I think about this all the time, even in like my struggles of treating my body like a project, you know, no one's going to look over my grave and be like, Tori had such an amazing six pack. (laughs) (laughs) Like if they do, I'd be like, 
I'll like open my eyes and be like, dude, like really? That's like the only thing, you know? Well, why I'm spending hours of my time obsessing and focused on my six pack abs when it, my body is going to someday be put into the ground and decay. That's weird to think about, no. but there's this, um, there's a proverb that says, teach me to number my days so that I can gain a heart of wisdom. My life is but a breath. I'm here for a moment and it's gone. It's like fog on, on glass. So in the short bit of life that I have here on this earth, what does it look like to live for eternity where I'm not just bound by the 80 years that I have on this earth and what I could somehow strive myself to create, you know, and hold on to as a sense of security only to be put into the ground and decay and leave it all behind me. It's the question that Solomon asks in all of the book of Ecclesiastes, who's like, I've had all the wealth and all of the prestige and all the women and all the riches and all this. And he's like, he lived a rock star life. It's vanity. <laughs> It's vanity. It's the reason why you see these rock stars committing suicide or yes. like, it's not I still, it's still not it. It's still not this worthiness, but if I can lose it, it's not who I am, which means that there is an identity and a purpose and a worth that is anchored in the God that goes with me now and for all of eternity that will come, will be with me on my last moment of breath. And as I exit this world and enter into the next, he will be with me. So what does it look like to live a life, not near God, not around God, but with him now that he is a source of loving wisdom that will tend to every place of brokenness in our story so that we can live in that eternal reality now in the most practical ways, you know, in the asking of forgiveness, in the stopping my 65 hard challenge and picking up my bowl of ice cream and snuggling with my husband. How did you feel when you stopped at day 65? And why did you know you had to stop? I just knew that I needed to stop because if I finished, then I would still be agreeing with the belief that I can prove my worth by what I do. Okay. And I stopped because day 65 was enough. I can do hard things. Thank you, God. (laughs) But I can't do the hardest thing, which is secure my worthiness. That's a job that only God can do for me. So my, this was just me and my story for this particular circumstance was day 65 was agreeing with that truth and saying, all right, I'm going to lay this down. Then I'm going to trust you that the next 10 days of me finishing this challenge doesn't give me any greater sense of worth or not. I'm going to actually enter into it right now on day 65. Breakthrough. Yeah. It's funny because ever since then, though, I've still wanted to go back. Like, <laughs> like, oh, you know, like I wasn't as ripped as I was on day 65, you know, like I need to go this and that. And I'm like, no, actually. And it's just this realignment. It's this back to obedience. My body is good. God is good. He's faithful. He's with me. And I'm so grateful I have this amazing body that's alive and breathing and I can walk around and I can do hard things with it. And I'm sitting here talking to you with it, (laughs) you know, like these are, this is the most important thing about me that I bring to the room. Isn't my abs or how chiseled my, you know, my body looks. The thing that I bring to the room that no one else has is the soul that God and I are nurturing and growing together and anything that can, keep me from restraining that to be present in the room, the better, you know, that doesn't mean I forsake like, you know, health and stuff. Like I still move my body. I still eat nourishing food, but it's the striving that needs to cease. It's the stress and the insecurity that has to be addressed 
laid down and surrendered before God to pick up freedom and love and forgiveness and mercy so that I can offer that to other people. It's so interesting, everyone's so story, because <clears throat> I'm sitting here thinking about like body image and things like that and how that affects so much. And like I'm thinking about my story and what I have been telling myself. And a big one is I'm not worth it. I'm mm-hmm. second choice. Like I don't have yeah. anything to offer. Yeah. So then I'm also like, I also have this other part of me where I need everyone to like me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want anyone to feel bad about themselves being around me mm-hmm. because I need you to like me. Mm. So like I also chase validation when I was younger from like beauty and having a perfect body and all those things. I took lots of diet pills, like yeah. was believing it for a little while, like did a lot of things to get this perfect image. Mm-hmm. But then it like cycled into a new place where it's like now if I actually if I feel like I am too physically like um, together, like have too much going on Mm. physically, then I actually feel very, very, very shameful because I don't want anyone else to feel bad about themselves if I actually have (laughs) too much going on. Mm. And that was a big reason why I like cut off my long blonde hair. Because I mm. didn't want to draw attention in beauty because I'm like, I don't want anyone to look at me and feel bad about, and they're not, this is my own lie. Like, I don't want you to, cause it goes back to, you didn't do anything to deserve this. You shouldn't have beauty. You shouldn't mm. have recognition for it. You shouldn't be praised for this. So make it smaller or, or mm-hmm. figure out how to do it different. Like I, I just like, I wasn't comfortable having that attention. Mm. And I finally, I, I hit this breaking point. I woke up one day, I was like, I have to cut and dye my hair. Like I had to do it that day. I cut it all off and dyed it within one day. And I've had long blonde hair my entire life. How'd you feel after? Amazing. Really? Yes. Amazing. Mm. Because I feel like now I'm just going to let it, I'm going to just let it be what it wants to be without doing anything to it. And right. then I can own that beauty because I'm not trying to put something on me to be beautiful. It can just be naturally mm-hmm. instead of me trying to chase it and get it to be it so people will see it. It's like, I just want to be what it is. Yeah, it's it's such a mind it F. Is, it, I mean, it I really cuss all the is. time, but I don't know if you do. So I, I don't want to like ruin your content with be, F-bombs. Somebody could, somebody could though do all, do anything, whether it's in some person's, framework or perspective morally right or wrong but if the motive is still to prove yourself or earn worth or this like selfish ambition there's a verse in James that says where selfish ambition exists there will follow every evil and every every evil practice and all discord and so I know that I'm like there's certain season or there's certain things that I know that I'll never do in relation to this topic of like well Like, I probably wouldn't choose to have plastic surgery, mainly just because it doesn't matter if somebody else wants to do it for whatever reason. I know that my intrinsic motivation would be to try to improve or better my body to earn more love and belonging or or beauty from others. I'm like, I actually don't need that from anybody else. So Mm -hmm. I probably won't ever engage in that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I'm like, that's theirs to, uh, to decide and own. 
But there is this beauty of like when you step into like a moment of freedom, whether it's I'm cutting my hair off and I'm dying it because I'm keeping it blonde in order to like gain attention and love and whatever. From and and that was just me because I love blonde hair and I think so many people <laughs> look great with it. That's like, and you could go back. You, you could go back. Yeah. And but for this moment, I needed to do that for myself. Is that those these are these moments where the Holy Spirit can just be prodding a little moment of like, would you just release this so that then later on when there's bigger things, we have a higher tolerance of surrender mm. and an ability to experience even deeper levels of freedom. And it's so good because it keeps us a little uncomfortable and it keeps us always checking and considering what's the motive for this action. And it could just be like, man, no big deal. I'm just going to like dye my hair or cut it or change it up. Or it could be like, actually, this is like something deeper that's yes. happening inside of me that I need to be really aware of. It's good because when you have that intuition, then all of life holds some sort of, it, it's a bridge between the natural and the spiritual where it's not just like everything is just natural and doesn't matter and my body doesn't matter and this and that. There's a bridge between the natural and the spiritual where they all intersect on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That's what Jesus is saying. He's like, it's all spiritual. It all has a spiritual reality attached to the natural choices in our everyday. So you have to get in tune with doing it for the right spiritual reason. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't matter if you have a so-called perfect abs or perfect body <laughs> or whatever, if I, or if I wanted to have yeah. long blonde hair or whatever, if it is for a reason that is like like, yeah. What would that be? It's and like, the flip side could even be, you know, well, I'm overweight or something. And it's like, God's not worthy. And he won't, he won't talk to me or encounter me or use me for anything because I'm overweight. It could be the, the total opposite. And I'm like, there's shame body, on both sides. There's shame on every side. There's shame on both sides. If you let it all go and you're just going to like give glory to like being who you want to be because you're not going to worry about vanity, mm -hmm. then you there's going to be shame there probably or not. But if you try too hard and you try to keep up and you try to do all these things to your body to be a certain way to be approved, then there's shame there because you're not doing. So it's like, how do we get to a place? Because body is a huge issue for everyone. How do we get to this place where we feel like we're living we can be proud of the body that we are presenting mm -hmm. to God because we know we are walking the spiritual walk with him. Because well, I feel like that's a really hard place to get. And I hate to bring it back to body image, but it's a huge sure. thing. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. Woo! 
As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But We Loved is a podcast about queer history. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, your host. Growing up, I thought being gay was the worst thing I could ever be. The gay history I learned was tragic. Jerry had died of AIDS, and it's like, what is happening? It was survival. That's why it's called survival sex. But as I interviewed queer elders, I realized there was another history that I had never been taught. A history of courage and perseverance. I wanted to take control of my story and not be ashamed of it. And it was a history full of love. The joy we found in saying husband again and again and again was incredible. And while learning this new queer history from my elders, I realized they had so much wisdom to pass down. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. For My Heart Podcasts, I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and this is But We Loved. Listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think it just comes back to the same thing that we were talking before. It's if the worth and your identity is anchored in who God says that you are right now. Whether I have 100 pounds to lose or I need to stop over overexerting my energy in the gym or I need to break my break bulimia over myself or I need to restrain from eating that extra two meals after 8 p.m. Still, the motive for both of these things is a grasping for security, a grasping for pleasure, a grasping for purpose, a grasping for comfort Mm. for the needs of our heart. And that can be going to overstriving or apathy or whatever the outcome is. But when for every human being, this is just like the glory of God, is that when it all comes back to God and his ability, God and his worthiness, his love, his acceptance, his forgiveness, his purpose, then when we realign there, it realigns everything. We're created in the image of God, just like God is three in one. We are three in one, mind, body, spirit. So when we come into alignment with how we were designed by God, all of them, it all realigns. Yep. Mind, body, and spirit. You cannot mm -hmm. ignore any of them. No, they're all a necessary element to our design as image bearers of God. So we have to tend to all of them, but we have to get, I'm exactly repeating what you say, we have to get in alignment with all of them. And that is how, that is why you created this course, Mm -hmm. was because you have felt 
what it feels like. You have always felt God's presence, but you have felt what it feels like to be chasing something that is not in alignment. Yeah. And you had enough wisdom and knowingness that there is a bigger meaning behind mm-hmm. all this and there is a bigger purpose to our existence here that you mm-hmm. created this course for that purpose. Yeah, it's just the like the people like with the question that you're asking of just like so like I we always want to go to what do I do? You know, so like what now? What do I do? And I love I'm a practical person at heart. Like I want to offer the practicality and the steps of bridging the gap between the spiritual and natural for ambitious women of faith because I've been I think given a gift by God that I encountered him early in my life and I'm able to usher people into his presence. Like it's not about me having the right answers for you or you finding it for yourself. God has it for you. Like let's go discover it together. Um, that's the desire for this. And um, I, I think it's a great starting point. It's not the ending point. It's like guideposts toward a life that's lived in the presence of God. He's like the best mentor if we're willing to listen, you know, right. Like Jesus goes, give them ears to hear, you know, give them, uh, ears to hear a mind to know. I'm like, that's what I want. I just want ears to hear. And this work from with course establishes a couple key things. Like, yeah, let's go through the outline. Sure. So what are you going to be? What is the process of this course that people will take away? Because it's really yeah. powerful. So there's six steps. The first is just what we've been talking about. The workmanship, piece of what it means that you are created by God with his image and how working is actually an essential element to your design. And the we warning all need signs, to yeah, the warning signs that show us that things are out of alignment, okay, let's which we've been talking a lot about all this conversation, which is, um, oh, right oh, here. Did I miss it? Right here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there warning are signs. some warning signs. Like which ones stood out to you? Okay. For warning signs. So, Warning signs. So this is when you're working for worth and when you're working from worth. Okay, let's see. I feel like mine would be you blame yourself for uh, for other people's unmet expectations, emotions, and failures. Mm. I feel I feel like that would probably be the main thing because mine would be I am blaming myself for everyone else's happiness because... I feel like that is what I have to give people. Mm-hmm. I need to give people happiness so they will love me. Yeah. And what's the what would the evidence of working from a place of worthiness look like? It's right on the other side. Oh, it's the same one. Yeah. You <laughs> you made that so easy. <laughs> you, <laughs> you empathize with people's expectations, emotions, and failures, but they don't define you. I mean, really, out of all of mine, I feel like I don't have a, I can narrow it. That's what's so nice about this is you have so many, I, that's, it's it for me. Like, yeah. cause like some of them are like, you're resentful of others and their lack of concern for your needs. I don't feel that. Yeah. Your experience, physical stress in your body, skin breaking out, lack of sleep, stomach aches, hormone imbalance, adrenaline fatigue, irritation. I mean, I do actually feel that I don't sleep well and my stomach always has anxiety. <laughs> so maybe that's one of them. <laughs> so you feel stress and the, the working from worth would be you feel stress and approach the feeling with curiosity and care, both physically and mentally. Okay. So that would be one, that yeah. one and that the other one you stop. And then here's another one. You stop prioritizing basic human needs, like eating, sleeping, bathing, sex, hydration, and movement. I don't feel that one. Cause I do feel like I, I have, I have done that before. Exactly. See, I have. Like, these are actually milestones and pillars of like, Oh, 
I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. I'm growing. Do, yes. It's a little leaf on your stick. It is a leaf because <laughs> I do now prioritize my basic needs. Yeah, it's good. I, and like bringing yoga back into my life. Like I had yeah. stopped doing that for three years and I have now, it is a priority in my yeah. life. It's good. I feel overwhelmed and out of control with your schedule. I feel, I now that Allie, my incredible intern's here, she's helped me get on a schedule. I used to feel that way. Mm-hmm. I still feel overwhelmed with finances. Yeah. You take ownership of your time. So yeah, it's amazing. Like it's awesome to see this like written down, mm-hmm. you know, because like, if you so, can name it, it, it gives you it. a little bit more of a structure and place to work off of. And I want to go through another key part of this that I think is really amazing. Cause how many spiritual gifts are there? Well, there's a lot of different, you know, ideas of how many, but I put 16 in the course that offer a little bit more practical implication in your everyday life. So what Tori does, which I think is amazing, is she lists these spiritual gifts, 16, and they, and you tell everyone to pick four, Mm -hmm. your top four. And it's very hard to pick top four, but Uh here's, here's the gift she lists, administration, and I'm not going to read all the definitions, but administration, missions, discernment, evangelism, how do you say that word? Exhortation. Exhortation, faith, giving, hospitality, knowledge, leadership, mercy, prophecy, shepherding, service, helps, teaching, wisdom. Yeah. And then you go through and you figure out where you... Where's your top four? So I feel like my top four were discernment, the end these individuals help people recognize the true intentions of others. Discernment tests the message and actions of others for the protection and well-being of the church, community, family, and workplace. Because, like to me, I'm taking this as I can truly get to the heart of someone. Yeah, I, and I can truly see the true. You're picture. not fooled. No, yeah. I don't. I, whatever your your representative is, I can get to the core of it. Totally. Yeah. And I want to because I want to see your truth because mm-hmm. I know you're a beautiful soul in there. And right. like I, I know everyone is. Right. So I feel like I'm gifted there. Yes, you are. Exhortation. People with this gift are good at encouraging others and help motivate them to work within their gifting. They can clearly communicate God's word and help people apply it to their action. I feel like I'm really good at that for you're other people. really good. <laughs> Maybe not it. always for myself, but for other people, I'm like, you're so good at this. I yeah. see you do this. The biggest trap for the people with the gift of exhortation is they don't know how to admit their own need and receive what they give out to others in return. Maybe we don't know what it is that we need. And you have to be willing to actually, because when you're an exhorter, when you're encouraging everyone else, it's easy to fall into the trap of pride, believing that you have to have the answer and encouragement for everyone else. So you're not allowed to ha- need encouragement or ask for it yourself. So it's when you're leading in exhortation and humility rather than in pride, then it keeps you in the place where you do need to receive it from other people. You do need to hear the same good things. You still need to you still need to receive from another person who has the gift of exhortation on your behalf. So it's finding people that can nurture you as well. Right. It's surrounding yourself with the other people in your life who have the spiritual gifts that you need. And then not being mad at people in your life who don't have those spiritual gifts, you can't give them, but instead let's, Oh God, you can do this so layered. Then you can like try to really see the people close to you, their gifts. Right. And honor their gifts. Exactly. And help them. Cause this is all pulled from scripture where Paul is basically saying in first Corinthians, like the, the church is a body. Does your arm say to the spleen, 
I don't need you. Yeah, I'm doing <laughs> do way your, more than you. Do your spleen? eyeballs say to your mouth, like, I'm more important than you? You know, does your heart say to this body? No, if there's any part of our body that's damaged or hurt or broken, we feel it. Even if it works less frequently, it's still just as valuable. It's such as necessary because we're all one unified body. So when you know what your top four giftings are, you can come into a room and when someone has four gifts that are totally different from you, instead of trying to measure up and prove yourself or try to work out a weakness to try to prove to them like you're like them, you actually boldly and work out a weakness. Say that again. So like, for example, with your sister, where you said she had all these gifts that I wasn't really good at. Maybe she has the gift of administration because she's detail oriented. Very good great at, at school. That. You know, she might have the gift of knowledge. She's able to study and, yes, re- and attain yes. leadership. Leadership. Uh-huh. Um, she might service. have the gift of service and help. So she has four different gifts than you that are very like uh, you see them. And in a broken framework, you come in and you see those gifts. You're like, I should have those gifts. It would be like the eyeballs being like, I should do what this plane does. <laughs> Instead, it's the no, I can confidently come into the room and go, I have the gift of exhortation. She needs that. But what if you feel, so I guess you need to do this work with the people you love the most too, because what if they feel let down by you because you don't have their gifts Mm -hmm. and they don't, they're not able to see your gifts because their gifts are are so different and we're on our own path. So like, what if... It, that makes it's you- releasing their story and their perception to their own journey. The thing is, is that if you come in trying to fix them or help them realize something, you're going to end up feeling trapped by needing to prove something and make everything to worse them. for everybody. But instead, if you confidently know what God has gifted you to do and what your strengths are, then you hone in on those and you go, you know, I'm really sorry that I'm not very administrative or like detail oriented when it comes to this and that. But I know I hold an essential role in encouraging you and offering you mercy and perspective. I can confidently offer that to you. And I'm really sorry that I fell short on the administration piece. And then you don't have to be like, because I feel like sometimes people will be like, well, that's a cop out. You just don't want to do that. You're lazy. Yeah. But it's like. That's not true. It's not true. Yeah, that's not true. That's not true. It's not a cop out. It's actually something I'm not good at that. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. I don't, mm-hmm. I value, I do value it yeah. immensely. Yeah. And I and value- there may be seasons where you're called to do something that you don't really like for a season and that's totally fine. But it's knowing like the best thing that I bring to a room are these key and focus elements. on those instead of feeling like you have to chase someone else's gifts. Instead of growing a weakness or trying to be someone that you're not. Yes, exactly. God. This is why everyone needs to do this because then I realized like hospitality. I love hospitality. The gift with hospitality, the ability to make visitors, guests, and strangers feel at ease. They often use their home to entertain guests. Persons with this gift integrate new members into the body. I love to make everybody feel welcome. Yeah. I want everyone to feel seen. I want everyone to feel valued. I want everyone to know that you are so important Mm -hmm. and welcome here. Yes. And that your story is so valuable. Yes. And whatever is happening, I want you to feel so loved. Yes. And just for being you. Mm-hmm. and you don't have to show me anything or prove me anything that's right and then the other one I feel like is mercy and maybe it's because I feel like I need mercy because I feel like I've always not been good enough that people need to give me mercy mm. in my shortcomings yeah that cheerful acts of compassion characterized those are the gifts of mercy they foster an environment of empathy un- unity and compassion by helping people see the needs of others so what if all my gifts though are sprung from my story that I told myself 
and they're overcompensating for like what I, because like mercy, that's me wanting to show others what I needed. Mm -hmm. So like, what if it, is that a true gift or is that an overcompensation for how I felt? Depends on God, the motivation. Is, how does ever get to the bottom of anything? <laughs> it depends on the motivation. So but layered. remember when I said that free people, free people, uh -huh. that the freedom in your story is now turning into a gift that you offer others. So you're entering into a place of mercy. You're learning how to receive mercy. And when you've received mercy as a gift and you're giving it away to someone else, not, not for the sake of you getting something in return, but out of an abundance of gratitude for the worth that's established by God that's unwavering, then you can offer that to someone else without your worth being on the line. And I don't think anybody does this perfectly. It's the reason why it's like this daily call to repentance and like realign me, God, like bring me back into the right place. But um, free when you walk in freedom and the story that you carry, which is unique to you, your life experience, the hurt done, the healing that's been done by God, the freedom that you're walking in, that turns into the gift and the freedom that you offer other people. It's what you and your life hold authority over so that you can come to someone else who is maybe 10 steps behind you and going, I've journeyed the road that you've been on. Let me offer you exhortation. Let me offer you hospitality, a place to sit at my table. Let me offer you mercy that someone else didn't offer me, but I'm willing to offer you. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. 
It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's powerful. So your story, it is maybe, a, I don't know if the word's right, overcompensating, but it is a result of your story, but it also becomes a part of you. Yes. And then you get to return the gift that you felt maybe it's, that you didn't have. Or it's that, story work. And you Mick, do a lot of that. Like there's like you journal yeah, in here. Yeah. Stories. You got to do the story work. Um, which I mean, I don't know if we can go through the no, entire no, course, no, no. but We've already gone like, <laughs> like two, two hours. hours. I'm like, you're going to have to I know, break gonna, this into we'll multiple episodes. Two. Yeah, we will. We'll do two episodes <laughs> of this one because it's so good. But the other, th- we'll wrap with this, the biblical values you have, you go through all these values too. Yeah. There's a list of 60, 60 values where you have to narrow it down to your top four. It's so hard. So it's safety, health, trust, adventure, courage, creativity, respect, authenticity, love, family. And I, you're reading that list. And I'm like, Oh, all these should be important to me, right? Like, all they of them. Should, I, how is one more important than the other? And it's not that all of them are not important, but when you get to your top four, they help set the boundaries around the way that you use your gifting. So, okay. So, what are your top four? Did you like have a couple? Well, that were- yeah, here are my, let me see. This is actually school that I like to do because I'm like, oh, it's growth. Um, <laughs> and that is a whole other conversation about the way school works and the trauma that school creates. But, you know, so there's six, for another time, there's 60. I didn't narrow it down to 60. You said you could do like 12 and then narrow it to four. Yeah. So like, there's steps to help you narrow it down. To this, I know <laughs> my values Sorry. that I value are safety, health, adventure. I mean, there's more. I'll just do the ones I highlighted. Safety, health, adventure, authenticity. I didn't even pick love, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I picked joy, unity, peace, diversity, excitement, curiosity, adventure, purpose, and community. You circled a couple. Purpose and community. Purpose and community. What would you be two more that you would circle as in that list? That purpose, community. Can I? But then you talked. They're all your, important, but your top four. See, I'd want to put like unity and community together. As one. Right. So it's easy to try to think that certain, and that's actually a a part of the course is grouping certain values that relate to each other into different groups and then going, which one is the source and which one is the result? Mm. So if you prioritize community, it may result in unity. Okay. So it would be community would be the one, the big one. Or it could be opposite. You'd have to decide this for yourself of if I'm prioritizing unity as a value, then community naturally follows. Which one precedes the other? Mm. It doesn't mean that both of them are not important. It just means that you, you have to approach this with curiosity in your own story to see which one is more to be valued. Just only simply. It's unity. Unity. Because I want all of us to be 
supporting each other, accepting each other. And then that's the community I want to build. Okay, so unity. I don't want just a community. I want a unified community. Unity and purpose. Okay, so unity, purpose. So then community's out. Okay, it'd be. Community's out. Let's purpose, look at the other ones. Purpose, unity, joy. Joy, yeah. I want every, I want myself and everyone to experience joy. Mm-hmm. So it'd be purpose, unity, joy, See, but then like I want to put purpose and authenticity together. Mm. So which one do you, which one precedes the other? If you're prioritizing purpose, does authenticity follow? Or when you're prioritizing a true authenticity that you discover purpose there? I think it would be authenticity. God, this is interesting. I thought it was purpose and community, but mm-hmm. it's actually authenticity because I just want to be the stick to and let the, yeah. mm-hmm. let the least come. Yeah. So it would be authenticity, joy, unity, and oh, I do want health and adventure. But do those follow your purpose and authenticity? Like if you're, if you're prioritizing some of these values, is adventure and health something that results from that? Or is it authenticity? Yes, if I am authentic, then adventure and health and safety, everything will follow. Mm-hmm. So it will be authenticity, joy, unity. Safety? That was one of your first ones. But now you... I'm thinking it might be freedom. Freedom. Mm-hmm. Freedom, authenticity, joy, and unity. See, when you identify your top four, all the rest of the things that result, like circling these, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I am living a life of health, you know, or prioritizing health in my body or whatever. When authenticity and unity, what were your other ones? Freedom, Freedom joy. and joy. See, these set the framework for how you use your gifts of exhortation and mercy and hospitality. Because if you just offer those gifts anywhere without knowing the core values that have shaped your your life experience so far, then you end up throwing your gifts before the wrong audience. And then they're not received. And then people, and that's what's happened to me. I think I just... Yes. throw these gifts out and then people actually don't really like you. Like you're kind of like not, it's, it's opposite like, of being well received. You're kind of like, mm-hmm. like who, who do if you think you if are? If their whole core, core value framework is different, then you could try to offer as many gifts as possible. And you're trying and you're to people, them on thick. you're trying to people please them and they're being people pleased. Like, that's not what I want. And actually it's, it's what like, I need. I'm, you're, repe- you're, uh, you're repelling me. Like yeah. I actually like can't stand you. But you know that when you sit in the room with people whose gifts and values align or they complement one another, how you offer a gift and it's so well received and it's beautiful and it brings life to the room. That's what it looks like to live. And that's why you have to working go f- from work. find your audience too. When you identify these things for yourself, then it gives you clarity and perspective to know when you walk into a room or thinking about a job that you're going to sign up for, a business that you're going to start or a thing that you're going to do. So this is align with the way that God's designed me. Or am I trying to be someone that someone else wants me to be? You know, and if you can't know unless you know who God has created you to be first. 
Thank you for doing this hard work and putting this into a course and <laughs> for welcome. like sharing your wisdom and for this is a lot of hard work. Yeah, it's good. I even love that we got to kind of do a little bit of coaching I do too. On, live on the podcast. You're like, oh, I know what my core values are. And that's another thing you offer is coaching, right? Yeah. Um, we're hopefully going to be opening up a group coaching element to that. So you guys can like tune in and ask about that in the future for sure. Yeah. Tori. Because it's important to have these live conversations. It is. And it's important to have them with people with knowledge. Like yeah. that is like you are. And I feel like that is what I want to get to in my life is like, where do I have something that I can offer true knowledge to someone like oh, you, you are doing for do. me? I feel like I'm just wispy, though. Like, it's so just like, oh, one me. of the elements, though, to your gift of hospitality, your gift of hospitality is being used here. Your gift of mercy is being used here. Your gift of exhortation is being used here. You're already living and working in your gifts. You don't need to try to conjure anything else up where you're trying to offer me something more valuable than who you are right now, who God has designed you to be here and now. You don't need to prove anything. There's nothing more that I need from you than all that God has designed you to be here in this moment. You remain here and lean into these core values of unity and authenticity and freedom and using these gifts that God has designed you with. It's blessing me here right now. You already are offering me the best that you can offer because it's who God's made you to be. Yeah. <laughs> God, Tori. Oh, God. Are you giving TED you? Talks and like speaking around the world? No, I just love you. But I, I'm, I am you. here in this room and this is where I want to be. Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, now I understand why like people sign up with you and do all this because this is hard work and you need a coach. Yeah. And you need a coach who like has your intentions behind it because yours is truly to help people get their gifts, get their core values and live from those. So you don't ever feel like you are chasing people pleasing, mm-hmm. having to get the abs, doing what like me, doing like things, like even feeling guilty for like whatever. Like it's just like we got to get to this place, and it's hard, hard work. It's such good work. It's such free work, though. But it, it's it, so good. But you have to dig into stuff that we've boxed up and put on shelves, and we have never like mm. like I have not thought about being second choice to a, a boy in third grade in ever maybe but yeah. it's always maybe in my ether mm-hmm. you know yep and these are the moments that when these moments of our story are redeemed that we can actually look back and see that god had already chosen you first before the boy chose you second that there's this freedom and redemption in these moments in our brokenness in our past that if we look at it from a different perspective from a perspective of freedom it illuminates this different perspective of our story to see, oh, God was tending even there. He was leading me forward even there. But sometimes it takes somebody else in the room to offer you a different perspective to see it. These are important things, though, important important moments in our life to, to hold and to be curious about without trying to shame ourselves into a result or into a different way of feeling or thinking about it too quickly but to sit and to lament the brokenness that's been done in our story, whether it's third grade you or 25 year old you or beyond that to hold the hurt in someone else's story is such an honor because it always leads to freedom Mm. because it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. It's what makes us new. So 
You're amazing. Tori, I always I wrap up with leave your light, mm. which I don't even know how you could answer that because everything you say is leaving light. What do you want people to know? I want them to know. I want them to know that they have a purpose that is secured for them in eternity. That's what working from worth means is that when they've anchored themselves in a purpose that cannot be lose, that cannot be lost, a purpose that is founded in God's ability and not their own, then that is when the immeasurably more life will be able to be lived in and through them. And I want that for them. I want freedom for them. And it starts there. You're amazing. Corey, okay, where can everyone follow you? Where can <laughs> you we can follow, follow you? me at I am Tori Mayhine on Instagram. So C-O-R-I-M-A-E-H-E-I-N. And these reels that you do, y'all just want you just get ready for a little, entertainment. You need a little sunshine light in your life. But like also a girl. lesson or a message. I don't know what the correct word. It is like I'm you also made the my girl days. that could uh, like sit here and talk for two hours. Like Matt, my, if in my your husband, podcast, Matt would be like, oh my gosh, how could you talk for two hours straight? I'm like, it's a gift. <laughs> it's part of my gift. And he's like, I can't do that. Um, yeah. And we have a podcast called for eternity and until, and the link is connected to my Instagram. It might be the probably easiest way to find me. It's on yeah. Instagram and everything. I can send you all the websites to link in the captions and stuff too. Okay. Tori, thank you so much. This was so powerful and meaningful for me. Thank you. And I know people listening are receiving this as well. And I encourage yes. everyone to do this course because we all need to know why we are here and yes. to get in tune with that. Amen to that. that. We don't have to chase and feel lost and all the feelings that we feel mm-hmm. have the authority from God. Amen. Tori, you're the best. Thank you Love so you much. This will be a two part episode. Okay. This was amazing. <laughs> Bye. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss host of To Live and Die in L.A. And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.